What about chickens? Well, if they're for pleasure and not commercial for purposes, it sounds like I was going like to say, selling the eggs at like a farmer's market. Oh, can a chicken be considered a pet? That's a question. Shut up. Yes. Fantastic. Good for yes, them. Yes, is the answer. Chickens make fairly quiet and low-maintenance pets, in fact. Oh, get out. With what? No, but you need all that outdoor space in a coop? Okay, whatever. That's not They do need space for their housing, but their diet is pretty straightforward, according to okay, spoospets.com. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, you are in your new apartment. New digs, baby. New background. The whole thing. Um, too, it's too early and it's too – so I don't know if people know this, but in LA, June gloom is a thing, which is during the month of June, it's like very gray. It's not nice really at all. Wor- and Worst time of year in Southern California. In my yeah. Opinion. Literally people will go to Palm Springs from LA in June to like escape the weather because we're such babies. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. So anyway, the light's not quite good enough right now, but typically – so my desk now is right in front of a window. And so it's going to be great Zoom lighting. I'm very excited. However – it's a wall of mirrors behind me, and so I think that's a, might be a little weird. I'm thinking about maybe doing. Mirrors. Yeah, you can't quite tell because I think I'm big enough in the frame. But yeah. I'm thinking of doing like the blurred background. Yeah, yeah. Like anyway. for your like normal course of business, like at, at work, you mean for Zoom? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I almost always do blurred, mostly because my cats are like walking back and forth, and it's distracting. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, I like it when sometimes you can see the body of somebody's like partner like scuffling around in the background. Yeah. Well, you can still – for the record, you can still see that my cats are walking back and forth. Oh, yeah, it's just yeah. not quite as distracting when they're blurred. But like I, I mostly these days work from my couch and so they will literally like walk along the back of the couch behind me. Amazing. Um, yeah. yeah my – there's a – there was a great story of a – it's so funny. People get like very into seeing other people's pets on Zoom. As you, we're and we're gonna do a pet weird or not later. But as yep. you can guess, I I, I don't care terribly a lot. Care. Yeah. Um, however, a partner did tell a story of being on a mediation Zoom, and she has a very elderly pug, and the pug like walks on screen and freaking projectile vomits. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Speaking of my move, I had the best welcome present waiting for me. It was the cornucopia of Sunset Lake CBD products. And I saw you posted about it, but like literally everything under the sun. This box. So I I am so excited that we have renewed our partnership with Sunset Lake CBD. They're a hemp farm that's just outside of Burlington, Vermont. And they, in 2019, they diversified from producing dairy to also growing hemp for CBD. They're incredible. And we now have like every product under the sun and I including all of them. Did you get maple syrup? I got maple syrup, which is How just to be clear, precious. the maple syrup is not say, CBD. It's just like Vermont just maple Ver- syrup. Vermont vibes. Vermont vibes. Yeah, just Vermont vibes. But I'm so pumped about that. Did you get coffee? I did. I'm very okay, excited. Good. Yeah. Good. The coffee yeah. is so good. I can't wait to make it. They heard um, me. And I got the pet CBD. Amazing. Yes. So I'm super pumped, especially because I think I need to take Rory to the vet soon, like this week probably. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, whatever. I don't need to get into that. But 
I'm excited to have the CBD for that vet trip. A hundred percent. That'll be a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, in addition to replenishing my Arnica cream, which I am just burning through at lightning speed. With Yeah. And I noticed that um, there were some other new products that I'm really excited to try. Yes. They have sleep gummies now, which they didn't have before. Uh-huh. That's You read my mind. <laughs> I took one last night. It was awesome. Amazing. Um, and I also had I'm have I had like a really high anxiety day yesterday. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, just kind of out of nowhere, and so I had I took two of their regular gummies during the day, and then I took a sleep gummy at night. It was fantastic, fabulous. Yeah. So if you want to try Sunset Lake, all of their products are third party tested for quality assurance. They ship directly from their farm to your door. You can check them out at sunsetlakecbd.com. Use our coupon code FMH twenty two zero for twenty percent off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, they are farmer-owned and Vermont-grown. Thank you, Sunset Lake CBD, for continuing with us. We are really enjoying the benefits. (laughs) (laughs) And our listeners are too. Yeah. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into, into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the recess ginger lime mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Okay. So I had a matchmaker date, which we can talk about, but I also want to talk. I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I texted you about that I feel totally comfortable talking about on pod, as I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit more of like a vulnerable thing than I think we often talk about. So I just wanted to kind of go there a little bit with the pod listeners. Um, so you often talk about. You'll click. I mean, I obviously know about it because you just said I do, but I I don't know what's coming. (laughs) Um, So you often talk about seeing like things on time hop, and yeah, yeah, and how like memories will get brought up. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't have that, but I was looking through my camera roll for a photo of something in particular, and I ended up in a land of the very end of my relationship with PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. And I think I've said before that – so during that time, I was obviously like very unhappy. I felt very kind of out of control of things because I was – and I because I was allowing myself to be kind of out of control Mm -hmm. of things that were happening to me. And so – my reaction to that in part was like really, really, really restricting my eating. And so I was very unhappy at this time. Like I, I want to preface all of this by saying I was very unhappy at this time. My labs were terrible. I remember going to my yearly physical and her saying like, we might need to put like, we're going to need to consider some form of like medication for it, like cholesterol, uh, all this stuff, whatever. I was unwell. And 
So I came across this picture where I am very thin and like, like my arm looks not healthy for my body size. Like it it would look completely appropriate maybe on somebody like shorter or more petite, whatever. It is not appropriate for my body size. And yet I, I, I rationally know how unwell I was at that time mentally and physically. And I'm like, damn, can I get back to that? It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. I know, I know exactly what you, what you mean. I really don't like it. Like why? And it's funny. I I shared this with my, with my friend Ari and she was saying, she was like, throughout history, there has actually been only a slim slice of time where this waif chic was really big. And our age group grew up right at the wrong time for Mary Kate and Ashley, Nicole Richie, Paris Hilton, all those people. I I mean, like the next model. Yeah, like, well, like the supermodel thing ushered it in. Like, Twiggy was the first, right? Like, you know, skinny, quote unquote, supermodel. Like, that wasn't a thing. That's the reason she was called Twiggy, is because it wasn't a thing. And I follow somebody on Instagram who is a body confidence creator. Her name Mm -hmm. is Alex Light. Um, and her handle is Alex Light underscore LDN, which stands for London because she lives mm. in London. And she shares a lot of content about, well, body confidence in general, but exactly about what you're saying, where she also used to be too skinny for her height, for her frame. And it mm-hmm. was a time when she was at her absolute worst mentally and also yeah. physically. And she has shared a lot about how. She's gotten through this, but how she used to look at those pictures and still have that twinge of like, oh my God, you know, I was so skinny. And whenever she posts pictures that include her at that weight to to talk about it, she mm-hmm. gets comments of people saying that she looked so good. I, truly. No, the – that's part of the problem. Like the reward – the feedback loop of like people t- giving you that is really hard. Yeah. I – had a similar, not quite a, like the, my relationship wasn't quite as drawn out and drastic as yours with PowerPoint, but at the end of my relationship with the Oyster, which mm-hmm. was summer 2020, I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I was working out like twice a day, cooking all my own meals and therefore oh like Ripped. not eating as much as I should be. Yeah. But like too skinny. Right. And I remember, and I, I didn't really think about that at the time. But I do – I have the same feeling as you. I look back at pictures and think like, oh, you know, at first, like, wow, like, can I be like that again? I'm like, no, you were super unhappy at that time. Mm -hmm. However, sort of contrary to that feedback thing, a friend of mine, he moved to LA before COVID started. I forget exactly when he moved, but he moved before COVID started and before the pandemic. And I saw him for the first time since he moved in August at a volleyball tournament that he came out to. And he said to me, wow, you're really skinny. And Mm. the tone in his voice, it was not a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. And should he have said that to me? Probably not. But but I think that was the first sort of like ping in my head of like, yeah, this this isn't great. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I actually – I really appreciate my friend Anna who – she did not say anything when I was like at my lowest. But more recently, like now that I'm at a very stable, like normal weight for myself, she commented that 
she's like, first of all, like, I think you look really great. You seem really healthy. And I've noticed that you're just like not stressed about food anymore. And like, those are all like, that's the positive feedback that I want, right? That like, I'm able to enjoy group events because I'm not like worried about what's going to be available for me. Like, I, I already think about the gluten, like taking that out, sure. right? Yeah. But no, like that's that's like the type of feedback I want. Yeah, absolutely. And this has been on our radar for a long time to do an episode about. Yeah. We will absolutely have an episode about body image and dating and it's probably not – it's probably more than one episode to be frank. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you for sharing that. Anyway, that was that. that's it. How are you? Uh, well, but you didn't tell us about your date with the matchmaker. Or, oh, that's nope. True. Yes, <laughs> no, my date with the, the matchmaker. <laughs> the matchmaker date. Yes. So this, so this guy, he is a client of a different matchmaker. Yeah. And my matchmaker sources, that's one of the ways she sources. Mm -hmm. And so what's funny is that the procedures of our two matchmakers were clearly in conflict. So. First of all, my matchmaker does not want us to text unless we are like running late or cannot find each other. Like we are given right. each other's numbers for emergency use. And he texts the night before, introduces – gives – oh, I'm also not supposed to have their names. You're not supposed to have his name, right? Yeah. Fully introduces himself and says he's looking forward to it. And I kind of was like, I kind of like it. Good for you. Like F, yeah. the, F the rules. And so – He might uh, not even – I wonder if he even knew that, that it, like – you weren't supposed to do that for you. You definitely didn't. Yeah. So Did you then, guys talk about that on your date? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, because another thing happened. Oh. So I get there and we are supposed to give the name of my – the last name of my matchmaker to – for the reservation. Right. And I know that he's there because he has texted me. I just – Actually, I thought this was really thoughtful. I I, I happen to know ver the area very well, so I didn't need this advice, but I thought it yeah. was very thoughtful. He texted me and said, hey, just wanted to let you know this place doesn't have valet, but there is a lot like here. Oh, that is really yeah, nice. Really nice. And and I, I was well aware, but very well received. Yeah. I walk in. I give the name of my matchmaker, and she goes, mm -hmm. you're the first of your party to arrive. And I was like, oh, God, there's been an error. I see a man sitting by himself in this one area of the restaurant. I'm like, that's got to uh -huh. be him. And But she escorts me to the table. And yeah. this restaurant is a black hole for reception. Nothing is going through. I cannot oh, text no. this man. It's a freaking disaster. Finally, this very nice waiter – not finally. It was very short time. This very nice waiter comes over and he asks me, are you waiting for a man? I said, yes. And he goes, because there's a man sitting over there. I wonder if you guys are looking for each other. <laughs> Bless yeah. this waiter. Yeah, seriously, doing the Lord's work. And so he he's, he says, what's your name? And like, who are you looking for? And so he connects us. And I very much am like, I don't care. We can sit like in either place, whatever, yada, yada. I mean it's a, just side note. It's a good thing you did know his name. Otherwise, you would be like, I'm Rourke and I'm looking for bachelor – Insert letter, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess absurd. yeah, I guess we could say bachelor. P. It's fine. That's there are enough male P names. Um so luckily yeah, so we connect and we end up sort of again, more talk I have a feeling my matchmaker probably even though it hasn't been explicit, I don't think my matchmaker wants me talking about the matchmaking process. 
Yeah, for me, that's explicit. We're I know like that that's allowed. explicit for you. Yeah, that's sort yeah. of why I've internalized it as <laughs> yeah. implicit I, I would mine. I would imagine if you asked your matchmaker, she would say, no, don't do that. Agreed. So he wants to – he talks. He instantly brings it up. And I said, yeah, I, I said, yeah, you like really went off book with mine. And he said, what are you talking about? I was supposed to make the reservation under my name. And I was like, oh, boy. Oh. So they there was – They need to coordinate better, these two matchmakers. Seriously. Like decide However, whose procedure we're following here. 100%. Best part is, which again, I'm sure this was not kosher. He goes, do you want to see what they told me about you? Oh, <gasps> yes. Yes, I, said, I do. Fucking lootly. I wish I had taken a picture of it. But literally was about to say, did you take a picture? I, I wish. I That felt like, can I take a picture of your phone? Felt a little too much. Damn it. Tell me. It's so nice. It's actually really good. And it, while flowery – similar yeah. to the one that I read on air, yeah, is not far off. Like it's really reasonable. And there clearly is a structure of like what they do, hobbies, and then community service is a like section because they mention oh. my, like the pro bono work that I'm involved in. Got it. So they probably talk about community service with everyone in some capacity. Yes. yes. Hence the volunteering libraries. Um, but anyway – much better date than date one. However, right. this – yeah. However, interestingly, when I had my feedback session, she asked me what percentage of the time were each of you talking. And so I was very aware of that on this date. Oh, because you had had your feedback session on, on guy one before you went yes. on this date. Exactly. Interesting. And so, so I had percentage? that – Probably 80-20 him. Oh, <gasps> interesting. Which is – like can be fine. He could rant up a storm where at one point, and I think I said this on the Patreon, at one point he was he was going on about something and then says, speaking of X and transitions. I was like, no, I'm fine with the transition, but no one was speaking of that. It was absolutely ridiculous and it gave me a chuckle, but um, I definitely like felt more interested in him than the first guy. Good. Have not heard from this one either. I'm going to be very interested to get the feedback. Like, I'm really? not – I want to figure out, like, what is happening here because, like, with the first guy – and, again, like, this comes back to – and to spoil the – to kind of hit the give the TLDR of the Patreon conclusion is I would like them to request, like, what – vibe is she giving off? Is it that yeah. like she's not interested essentially? Yeah. Because that's so, what we'll – we see. talked about that on the Patreon, right? Where yeah. we thought maybe – we hindsighted that perhaps guy number one just like understood that you were not into it. Yes. And just like correctly and therefore just decided not to regardless of whether he was interested or not, which based on his feedback to your matchmaker, he was. Yes. Very much yeah. so. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very curious. So when do you get feedback on this guy? Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm very curious. When was this date? Thursday. And it's now Monday. So that's very mm -hmm. weird that you haven't heard from him. Yeah. And you don't have a desire to reach out? No. I I would very much I, I would definitely see him again because yeah. I also because I wonder if the chatterbox vibe is a first date thing. And so I very much would give him a second date. Yeah. But he strikes me as a guy who asks for what he wants. And so I don't want to 
I'm not going to ask unless he does. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm very curious to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Anyway. So, Allie, okay, what's what's the latest? You talked about the Comeback Kid date on Patreon. Do you want to share yes. a little bit of that here? What else is going on? Yes, because on Patreon, I, I barely talked about it because I like wanted Correct. to save like the details for this. So, yeah, I went you out on – Give the behind the scenes on the concert date, which was wild. I did give the behind the scenes on the concert date. So if you want the behind the scenes on the concert date, join the Patreon because I won't be talking about that here. He wasn't a match. End of story. Yeah, let's put it that way. End of story for this pod. Um. So the Comeback Kid and I had our first third date last week. Mm -hmm. And so as the listeners know, we had gone on two dates in 2018 and then now we had been on two dates in 2022. Um, And so this was our our first third date. And it was a month and change, like five weeks after our second date because I had been traveling for the entire month of May. Good for you for restarting momentum. That's really hard. Thank you. Yeah. Honestly, it truly was a a one-person effort. Um, (laughs) Oh, and that is the part that you talked about, the texting conversation. Yes. Yes. So I went went into great depth on the Patreon, which I won't do here, about like texting anxiety, his, um, and kind of like how that relates also to a conversation I've had with the disco ball. So you could, you know, go back and check that out if you want. But suffice to say that I think – I, I think it made sense that I was the one to kind of restart the momentum because I had been the one that was gone mm-hmm. and kind of saying like, hey, I'm back. I want to see you. Like, you know, hello, hi. Yeah. So I did that and we went out. We went um, – we've like sort of established this thing where we try interesting foods together. So we went to this place in the West Village called Da Toscano and had a foie gras PB and jelly donut. Holy PB, crap. Yeah, PB&J. Yeah. It was so fucking good. That sounds so rich. I feel like I would die. Oh, it was completely rich. It was small and we shared it. So like yeah. I, I wouldn't have wanted any more bites than I had. Um, But it was incredible. So we did that before we went to dinner at John's of, of Bleecker Street, which is a like old school mm-hmm. pizzeria. Incredible pizza that I had never had actually. Look at you. And you call yourself yeah. a New Yorker. I know. They don't do slices and that's that it feels right. like it's like a high barrier to entry for that reason. Yeah. Um so we went there and then we got a nightcap um and at this nightcap I was reminded of the fact that we have not had interns in the city for the last two summers and boy are they back. I I've been hearing about intern season. What are they what are they doing? Are they running amok? Live and well. They are running amok. They are clambering out of massive SUVs like it's a clown car. Oi. They are screaming in bars on They're wearing a, their Patagonias. Yeah, on a Tuesday, like it, they are. They are back. Yikes! And I just totally forgot that it was a thing. And I also don't spend that much time in the city anyway. Yeah. So like, I wasn't in the city that much last summer, even if they were there. But they, I don't think they were really in the same way. Um, so that was funny. That was like good people watching. Um, and the overarching thing I would say about the date is I. Didn't realize. I don't think I, I was going to say I forgot, but I don't think I ever knew. I didn't realize how much of a gentleman he is. The we've identified the true the gentleman. Yes. In your yes. Oh my god. Yeah. A previous gentleman. <gasps> uh, not so much. TBT. Yeah. Um. He. He not only. I, I think I said this on the Patreon. He not only. This is the phrase that that we, I think we boiled it down to. He not only opens doors for me. He makes sure that it's going to be easy for me to walk through it. Hmm. 
I love that. Selflessness. I think I've talked about how selflessness I think is a very important quality and that's what you're describing. That's so great. Yeah. Like he – as I mentioned, it was intern season. So when we went – after we left the pizza place and went to get a nightcap, the bar was very crowded and we were being shown to our seat by the hostess, seats by the hostess. And he was like using his arms to like lead me through the crowd but like make my way, like make a path for me to get through the crowd. Love. So nice. And yeah, and I included this clip in my video recap, but also it started raining while we were at dinner and we had taken leftovers. So we had like a pizza box with us. So he had a pizza box with him. And I, all of a sudden we were walking from there to the um, drinks place and I was like, oh, did it stop raining? And I looked up and it had not stopped raining, but he was holding the pizza box over my head like an umbrella. That's fucking cute as hell. It was so cute, and he let me film it, which was even cuter. Yeah, um, really. And nice. I like almost tripped while I was filming it, um, so that I had to mute the audio in the video because you can hear him be like, "Oh my god, don't fall!" <laughs> also cute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was great, and I definitely want to see him again. I I actually told him as we parted ways that um, proposing the fourth date is going to be on him. Great. Uh, which is especially true because he he's taking the summer off of work mm-hmm. and spending most of his time out in the Hamptons. So Fabulous. I know, must be um, nice. Yeah, he has a house out there. So for that reason, he's not in the city that often. Like he's yeah. been out there since the, he left the day after our date. Um, so I, you know, when he's back, like that's when we will go out. Fantastic. Yeah, it was great. And then beyond that, the journalists and I have our third date on Wednesday. So many irons in the fire. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, he, I'm consistently impressed by how proactive he is in like making sure that he's getting time on the calendar with me and planning out really cool dates. I am so here for that. I yeah. really like that. So we went out last – no, last Sunday. We went out last Sunday um, to the basketball game, and we recorded the pod right afterwards. And then he went home um, for a week for a wedding and also to spend time with family. And first of all, he started sending me pictures while he was gone. I'm like, love that you're just immediately on board with the way I like to keep in touch with people. Yep. And But then he also said like, okay, I'm going to be back in the city on Tuesday. What does your week look like? Like well before he was back. Versus- we love a planner. We love a planner versus plenty of other people who would have like waited until they got back to then say, Mm -hmm. hi, I'm back. Show some GD foresight. Thank you. Yes, exactly. And then he gave me three different date options, all of which were like very well thought out. Incredible. Yeah. So I'm excited to see him on Wednesday. Yeah. Great. Some quality, quality matches right now, Allie. I like it. Yeah, exactly. So and because everybody always asks, no new news on the disco ball. He is not here yet. Keeping in touch. We're getting there. Indeed. So I think like part of my anxiety yesterday I think was related to him because Mm. I think I'm just like – it's just like it's a waiting game that I don't like. Uh, And it's no one's fault. But it just sucks. And I just like – I think part of my anxiety was like I'm moving forward and continuing to develop with these two other people in person. Mm-hmm. And that is very different than like any level of development, not in person. Yeah. And do you, are you feeling yourself wishing you were doing that with disco ball? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a future me problem, but I'm like, what, you know, what, like, how am I going to feel when he's back and, you know, all, all this stuff. And I just, that kind of like sent me a little bit yesterday. Yeah. So. I understand. But yeah, that's, that is, we will, we will see. Exactly I'm trying. Say that again? Exactly is his arrival. I don't think he had actually booked a flight, but Got his it. plan was to sign a July 1st lease. Okay. So that is like when he, in theory, could be back. I don't know if that's um, – I haven't asked him like exactly what day. Right. Um, like I think I think he was planning on being here for July 4th. Cool. So right. – but I don't, I don't actually know. So – and we've definitely like – we're not talking as often as we were before. Like we're not talking every day. Mm-hmm. which like I think is probably just like the natural course of things and like probably actually better for my anxiety. I, I I would guess yes, yeah. But at the same time, I just I just don't want it to be happening at all, which is not in my control. Yeah. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are... I think over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come. Experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand-up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand-up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt, I want to come with my sister, I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. So this week's Weird and Awe is completely uh, irrelevant to the topic. Um, Although, you know, maybe people have conflict over this. This week's Weird and Awe is they have a pet that isn't a cat or a dog. Okay. So if this isn't a fish, (laughs) it is fucking insane. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I I'm sure I'm alienating people right now, but I am like really not into what is the family that is like lizards and stuff? Reptiles? Thank you. I'm really not into reptiles. <laughs> I find them very, very upsetting. And I also do not like birds. Okay. So I think those pets indicate as with As with any – people have stereotypes about dog and cat people, right? I have very negative stereotypes about other pets. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why those are ingrained, but I think this is so weird. I don't think other people are going to think it's as weird as I think it is. (laughs) 
I'm worried people are going to include fish. Because I think a fish, if you take a fish out, it changes everything. Okay, I'm going to say 40 weird, 60 not weird. People really don't think this is weird. God, people, they're thinking of fish. They're not. Based on the based on the answers, um, it is twenty nine percent weird and seventy one percent nah. Okay, I was ten percent. Uh, yeah, I was like ten percent off. Okay, yeah. that's So, a lot of people did mention like you know fish, but also birds. People didn't think birds were weird. Like really, the only thing that people also a lot of people said just like don't yuck someone else's yum. Like a pet's a pet. It shows they love animals. Whatever. Many people, though, added a caveat that, like, they wouldn't want a snake or, like, a tarantula. A few people mentioned tarantulas. Oh, like in Home Alone? Mm-hmm. Like, I, so the way that I feel about it personally is I think I would be uncomfortable in a, an apartment or, like, in a home where I know there's a snake or a spider. Yeah, fair. Like, tarantulas that would just, are like, very safe, though, I will say. I, totally. Still don't want yeah. them crawling on me. Fair. Watched an episode of 911 recently where somebody had a bunch of tarantulas and they like encapsulated the pet sitter in a web overnight. Oh, God. Yeah. I really shouldn't watch as many first responder shows as I do for somebody Seriously. with my level of anxiety. Um, but so I think that that would impact it, that it's like, I don't know that I think it's weird that you have this per se, but like, I don't, I don't ever want to be around it. And so like, it's a deal breaker. Yeah. But. I don't know that I think it's weird. There are certain things wow. that I think would be weird. Like if you have like, I don't know, a rat or something or like something illegal, like a monkey. Oh, I mean, no, something illegal is like totally fucked up. Like absolutely yeah. not. But I don't know. Uh, whatever. Anyway, no, this is Other insane. people like – not everybody lives in cities. So other people mentioned like horses, goats, like things that exist on farms that people so consider those pets. pets. Those are working but, animals. That, that, that Not necessarily. Oh my god. Okay, I can't. I think this. a horse is a pet. If you have a horse, like you're, and you don't live on a farm, like it's not a working farm. That's a pet. I I had horses. I would never call it a pet. I think it's. I think it, I think it's a pet. But I didn't. I think a pet is something that has a life of leisure, whereas like my horses were working their fucking asses off. <laughs> well, maybe yours were, but I mean, like, not everybody's horses are like working. Yeah, like Lisa Vanderpump and her mini ponies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking up the definition of the word pet. I love it. It's a domestic or tamed animal kept for companionship or pleasure. Okay, there we go. So no, it cannot be a working animal. Well, I didn't say it was a working animal. I'm saying like people that well, have horses That's that they like. Because then that means yeah. – and I, th- I actually agree with this – that a service animal is not a pet. I think that's actually – I think a lot of people – I think that's factual. I think that's actually I think that's, true. That's actually true. legally true. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I don't know anything about this legally. Yeah, I <laughs> so, think so. Well, no, but that. I think that's like actually true. Like you're not supposed to like pet service animals and stuff for that reason. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or like so mom sniffing dog. Legally, actually, according to Cornell Law, um, a pet Oh, I love means, that resource. <laughs> a pet means a – is that was that sarcastic or no? Oh no, that's actually love that That's like a okay. great website that's yeah. that makes legal stuff available to the public. Yeah. Great. So the legal definition of a pet, the term pet means a domesticated animal, such as but not limited to dog, cat, bird, rodent, fish, turtle, or other animal that is kept for pleasure rather than for commercial purposes. Okay. Fair. 
What about chickens? Well, if they're for pleasure and not commercial for purposes, it sounds like I was like going to say, selling the eggs at like a farmer's oh, market. Can a chicken be considered a pet? That's a question. Shut up. Yes. Fantastic. Good this for them. the answer. Chickens make fairly quiet and low-maintenance pets, in fact. Oh, get out. With what? No, but you need all that outdoor space in a coop? Okay, whatever. That's they not do need space for their housing, but their diet is pretty straightforward, according to okay. thesourcepets.com. <laughs> In case anybody wanted information on Oh my pets. god, this is great. Okay. So anyway, the vast majority of people said that it was not weird and most of them just said like a pet's a pet, as long as it's not illegal. A couple yeah, people said that's that. that's respectable. Okay. Which like, I get that. Yeah, 100%. What right. inspired that, by the way? Because that was your, that one was your idea. Oh, I don't know. You didn't like encounter somebody with like a ferret or something? Oh God, no, no! I went to I went to high school with a girl who had many birds. She was a character. Many anything is probably weird. Agreed. Like if if I had five cats, that'd be weird. Yeah, that'd be a lot. That'd be a yeah. lot. I don't know where I don't know where the bar is. It's probably different for different types of animals. Yeah, like even unless five dogs. You were would doing, be fucking weird. Unless you were doing like a fostering rescue, sure thing. Sure. Or yeah. like one of my cats had like a litter of kittens or something like that. And, then and it's for like, a moment oh, you had five. Now yeah. I have five cats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, spay and neuter your pets, people. Um, PSA from Allie to you. Okay. PSA from me. PSA from me. There's so many adoptable animals out there. We don't need to be breeding them. Okay. I'm off my high horse. Hey. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our third and final for now conversation about conflict where we're going to talk about conflict resolution amazing i okay oh, wait, i have wait no no we can't do it yet i have a phone throwing moment from a listener that i mu- absolutely must read please do okay so this is actually from a client of mine who sent it to me with the intent of me sharing it on the pod fantastic so okay so there's a little bit of context and then i will read you the screenshots okay She said, yesterday I checked my phone and I had several texts from several people, among them my best friend and the firefighter, which is the guy that she's currently dating. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some context, they've been on two dates, um, but they live a little bit a ways away from each other. So they've like met midway each time and there's been like a little bit of time between those dates. So they've had like more rapport than you might normally have with someone you've had two dates with. Got it. They've also discussed him coming to her town this upcoming week. So yesterday – I check my phone and I have several texts from several people, among them my best friend and the firefighter. I check and respond to my best friend's message first. Then I go back to my text list and to my utter horror, I see the firefighter's name at the top of the text threads. The message from him sounded – the initial message from him, which I will read, sounded as though my best friend could have written it as she is also a firefighter. I went back – What are the odds? Yeah. I don't know how she met this guy. So she might have met him. I'm not sure. I went back and checked the timestamp of his incoming message and it was right when I was clicking on my best friend's message. So all I can figure is that his jumped to the top without me noticing. I'm in full freakout mode at this point. So I will redo the texts. So his text said to her, said, good morning. I'm working today on one of our aid cars, aka ambulance. Busy day so far, but I'm working with a great partner. So we're having fun with it. How's your day? What are you guys doing today? What a sweet text. Very sweet text. Also could have come from her best friend. Totally. So she writes back, are you at your new station yet? We're just having a lazy morning, just visiting, finishing coffee and granola, another rainy day here. 
Not sure what we'll do, but I do have a call this evening with a very cute and younger guy from, and then she blocked out where he's from. Is she referencing the firefighter or another man? Nope. Another man. Oh, no. Oh, no. I feel so bad. Oh, and the firefighter seems so sweet. I know. So she literally just texted him about a phone date that she has with another person. How did he react? So then she wrote, she immediately realized it and said to him, like, oh, my God, that was meant for my friend. Sorry, I'm so embarrassed. All he said was okay. Yeah, fair enough. So she said, I calmed myself down, called him to offer my apology. He said, I didn't owe him an apology. But at the end of the call, he closed with a very noncommittal, I guess we'll talk when we talk. And that she hasn't heard from sucks. Him. Yeah. But then she said the cute the call with the cute younger guy went very well. Oh my god. Okay, I love her spin. Holy shit. Way to go. <laughs> Just moving right along down the road. Amazing. But like, oh my god. I, so like it's okay, but yes. But. I have had experiences where I've texted the guy about him. Like where I've sent something about the guy to to him instead of to my friend. I've never texted somebody about somebody else. Yeah, certainly not. Certainly not for me. Good God. Have you seen the new iOS feature that's being rolled out that you can unsend? The, un- the unsend? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, is it is it on our – because my phone updated. Do I have it now? No, no. It's it's not until 16. Oh. oh that's a long or still on like 15.2, I think, or something. Oh, yeah. That's a long ways away. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that either. Yeah. I mean, you can already do – like I already I have seen it in vibes. practice. I, I like, yeah. really don't like it. Yeah, I've already seen it in practice with like Instagram DMs, mm. but like because then, yeah, I mean, and I guess you could already the only thing were with it. So for I don't know about this, but for Instagram DMs, you can see it if the person like basically like when they send it to you, it's on your lock screen. But then if you don't see it before they unsend it, you will never know it was sent. Interesting. So the the lock screen message goes away too? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think I think on your lock screen or in some way it's it might say that so and so unsent a message. That might be the case. I don't know. Um DM us if you if you have the answer to this. And delete it. Cindy definitely <laughs> does. Cindy definitely does because um she and I have talked about this. Cindy, what happens? Tell me. Um but I could just text her right now and we'll know by the end of the pod. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. I guess you could already – you can already delete texts like from your conversation. Obviously, the other person will still sure. see it. Yeah. But like, yeah, it feels like – it feels icky for like record-keeping purposes. Yeah. Like, you know, I have the receipts. No, you don't. Yep. It seems fucked. Yeah, I, I just don't like it. I wonder how it will work for like – like if those texts are still on the record or if they fully go away in terms – for like law enforcement purposes. I was going to say from an e-discovery point of view. Right. I don't love it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Do you know what happens if somebody deletes a text from a message thread? Like if if I went and I deleted something that I sent to you even though you still have it and they looked that's, at my phone for my text records. In the, that's definitely in the cloud somewhere. It's still there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like you so can get a this- lot. You can get a lot from like metadata and all that jazz. So hopefully this is too. Hopefully that it doesn't <clears throat> re- re- um, 
erase from the metadata because that yeah. goal, that would be really sketchy. Yeah, companies with like ephemeral messaging, that's impossible. That goes away. What's ephemeral messaging? Is um, it like WhatsApp? It's like encrypted? No, it's like it's like a Slack channel that has no retention. So one one of them is called like Flickr, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, anyway. What about Snapchat? Because Snapchat goes away. Oh, no, it does not. Oh, well, it goes away like for you. I mean. Right, yes. Yeah. Snapchat does not go away. Interesting. Anyway, okay. Now we can get on to conflict. But yeah, I just – I yeah. almost forgot that I like very much wanted to read that because it was epic. That's – yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like if people like this 45 minutes, they need to join the Patreon because this is exactly – like the fact that we are just now getting somewhere is exactly on point. Um, yes. And so, yeah, if you enjoyed this, join the Patreon. Join and the Patreon. If you if you enjoyed it, you can also promote our – free shit, which is this podcast. Yes. So please tell people. Thank you. Please tell people. Please rate and review. Written reviews really, really help the algorithm on Apple Podcasts. And on Spotify, you can now add a rating, even though they don't have written reviews uh, yet. I don't know if they're going to make them or not. Yeah. So, all right. Conflict resolution. Yeah. So I have a question for you. I Because uh-huh. I think this, is, this sort of sits at the intersection of – conflict response and resolution because I think it can often be a barrier to resolution. Mm. I want to talk a little bit about defensiveness. Mm. And it's one of my least favorite words. Oh, go on. I feel like it gets it gets used too often. Interesting. Okay. Tell me tell tell me more. Like I think how do I want to put this? I think that there are that there that when when somebody is like attacked for something mm-hmm. and they then defend themselves yeah people often say like oh my god you're being so defensive in like a bad way yeah when it's in like reality well, okay, it's like you were offensive so i'm responding yes, exactly <laughs> like i am just responding to the offensive thing that you said so yeah, yeah, I am being defensive, but that's not a bad thing. It's just in it is commensurate reaction to what you said. It happens sure. to me a lot on TikTok. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I can yeah, see where that. People are like, "Oh my god, she's being so defensive," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm defending myself from these troll attacks." So then, cabining defensiveness and. Uh, I that I think that's a fair point. For this has come up at work where a partner has pointed something out about something somebody has done, they explained why they did it, and literally over email the partner responded, "No need to be defensive." Oh, first of all, yeah. I hate that as an email, but yeah, I was like, "Ooh, whole team's on this." Okay. Um, anyway, so let's cabin the conversation then to defensiveness in a way that kind of like denies what happened. Mm. So a non-commensurate and, reaction also. Yeah. Yeah. Where – so, oh God, I don't want to get into the stuff that I shared on Patreon. Um, so I'm trying to think of a way to like kind of anonymize it or like make it applicable. So in a situation where you have conflict and feel like to move forward you need an apology and that person – can't give it to you? Like, what do you do? 
it's, I'm like hesitating because it's so hard because especially yeah. because of the words you used. To move forward, you need an apology sure. yeah. and the person can't. So like those are two like ext- – or won't. Is Very that, hard guardrails that I put yeah, on the word, Yeah, the word is really won't because they obviously can. They're not like mute now. Correct. So like <laughs> – No, that's a whole different thing. Um so like yeah, those are two very hard guardrails where like you have decided that you absolutely need an apology in order to yeah. be able to move forward and the other person has decided that they absolutely won't give mm-hmm. one to you. Yeah. So perhaps that in that scenario it sounds like you can't move forward. At least not in the same way. Agreed for sure. I Do you believe in like Forgiving, forgetting, both, one, either? Well, I definitely believe in them. But I think like I very rarely forget. I was going to say, I think when somebody can't – because I think it takes two to tango. And so – and I think I've said this before that to a fault, I probably am quick to apologize. Mm. And where I probably could stand my ground a little harder. But I think – I definitely am a fan of like back pocketing or noting an experience with somebody that turned out that way. Yeah, I think that that I think that that's a good phrase to think about if you don't get the apology that you felt like you needed to in order to move forward. Mm-hmm. It it might be that you might still move forward in the relationship, whether it's a friendship or romantic or otherwise, but you're not moving forward in the same way in the sense that like that thing didn't get resolved. Yeah. And so it's still there. It's like, okay, noted. That's something yeah. that I – you either have to accept it though. Otherwise, you can't move forward. Um, I would say the way my mom – so my mom is somebody who gets quite defensive. Mm-hmm. And she, the way and her way of doing it is she will make a very specific thing that I've brought up to her about everything in our lives. And so I will say something upset me and she'll say, well, I guess I've been a horrible mother then. Oh, no. And I'm like, okay, that is super not what I'm saying. I want to talk about this one specific instance. And I've actually made the analogy to her before when like things were DS – when we we were on a walk and like things were de-escalated. Yeah. And I said to her, sometimes when we argue and you make it about – a lot of other things and much big you, you give it much bigger scope. Tom Brady is an amazing quarterback. Sometimes he throws an interception. And that does not make him a bad quarterback because he did right. that one thing. And his coach might say, "Hey, in that scenario, you didn't notice that this was happening and therefore threw an interception." Exactly. And I when I bring up stuff with you, I only want to talk about the interception because I'm not giving a statement about you as a mom. (laughs) I think you're a great mom. I love you a lot. (laughs) And so, like, and you know, it it takes reminding. It's not. I I really think since I started therapy, we have had better conflict because I think I've been better able to like really specifically share what I'm experiencing and stand mm-hmm. like still in that. And so I think that like our conflict has management has gotten a lot better, but it definitely takes reminding like that stuff's not 
perfect. And I know that, God, why do I keep getting like a frog in my throat? I know that like it comes from, I think her defensiveness there comes from like a worry of falling short or feeling like I've been, like my mom's greatest fear is that we grow apart, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's her, like her reaction is based in that. It's not because she really thinks that or, you know, whatever else. Anyway. Yeah, I think defensiveness often, I think, comes from a good place. I agree. In the sense that – and I I am – even though I had shared that story about TikTok where I fully – I feel like I was fully within my right to defend myself, there are <laughs> other times where I've been in conflict with people where I know that I've been defensive in ways that I shouldn't have been. In For me, it always comes from a place of like, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to make you feel that way. I didn't mean for this to happen, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to explain to you where I was coming from. Yes. Or why I did that or what my thought process was so that you'll understand how I got to point B. Yep. And it sounds like in the in the work example you gave, like that's what the person is doing to that partner, right? They're saying like, oh, well, here was my thought process that got me to that point. Exactly. When the partner really just wanted them to change it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So – and so I think – I hope that in my conflict resolution in my next relationship, I will be able to, based on one, therapy, and two, honestly, having this platform and this podcast and talking about this shit so much, that I will be able to focus more on impact versus intent when someone tells me that I've hurt them or that they didn't like something that I did. Because I think a lot of times defensiveness comes from focusing on your own intent. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Um, And I like what you said about standing still and how something – how you're feeling Mm -hmm. because I think something that can trigger defensiveness is when you approach a conflict in a way that's like, well, you did this to me. Right. Totally. And the other person is like, I didn't do anything. Like I didn't mean to do anything. So how could I have done something? Versus Mm -hmm. when this thing happened, I felt this way. Yeah, regardless of your intent, like like um, anonymizing, it's not the right word, but like putting it in the passive tense, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that sidetrack. Yeah, I mean, I don't right, which is not really a sidetrack. Not yeah, a sidetrack no, at all. That was on point. That was on point. <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> I do too. Um. I would also say, just like speaking very generally about like tips for resolution, I would really minimize how much you resolve over text. Mm, Yes. There's almost no conflict resolution that isn't what we're going to have for dinner that can be handled over text. Yeah, exactly. I think it needs to be over the phone or in person. At a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Over the phone just might be all you can handle because something came up and like I'm not – for example, like I'm not going to see a certain person – I'm not going to yeah. drive over there to <laughs> – yeah. Yeah. And I I also think that that can allow you to have some space too before you have that conversation mm-hmm. because if you're having a conflict – and oftentimes conflicts can arise over text. That's happened to me a lot. Yeah. Where like something happens and then 
maybe you can't jump on the phone right away. And so one person wants to continue it. And I think it's important to set that boundary. And I think that that, I've never done this before, but I think as we're talking about this, I want to set that expectation up front in my next relationship that like we will not fight over text. That's a great kind of couple rule to have, I think. Yeah. And you can't, you can't like prevent fights starting over text yeah. message because like they, shit, shit happens, right? Mm-hmm. But if that happens, I want one of us to recognize that we are getting into a conflict and say like, hey, let's get on the phone. Yep. Or like, let's save this for tonight when we see each other. Yeah. Let's let's stop this here. Yeah. And I think as we said in the first conflict episode, that breathing room can allow both parties to calm down. And by the time you get together, things might be easier to resolve because you've both had time to think about it and also like solid- either solidify your positions, modify your positions, take a breather, et cetera. And it's probably more productive at that point. Yeah. I agree. Um, what do you think about relationship check-ins? Yeah, so I think, we, I think we discussed these for the first time with Christy Taylor. Is that right? Yeah, Kirsty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kirsty. I'm so sorry. And I mean, I think they're, I think they're a great idea. I think that similar to the way that I just mentioned that my mom and I had a kind of a relationship check-in on a walk. It's a great time to chat while nobody's elevated. And I think it's – you can – it doesn't have to be a negative thing, of course. Like you can talk about what's going well. You can talk about where you're headed, what you're – how you're feeling generally. Like this doesn't need to – a relationship check-in does not need to be – oh, because things are bad or because we're having a fight or be- whatever the case may be. Right. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I think they're very smart. I, I think it's probably easy to forget to do this and hard to execute, but. Yeah. Well, and I think having them scheduled makes it so that they aren't just because something is quote unquote wrong. Yeah. Like if you just have a, hey, every two weeks or some people do it once a week or, you know, once a month or whatever it is, we're going to sit down and talk about this and here are the questions we're going to ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not because something's going wrong. It's just because this is what we do in our relationship to keep us connected and on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they're totally smart. I have read a New York Times modern love column though about – and like I – know thyself, I could not do this because I would think it is absolutely insane. (laughs) They have a yearly relationship contract with like yearly option to re-up. Whoa. And they would like renegotiate the terms. What kind of terms? So a lot of it is like who handles what chores. One of the clauses is about like do we open the relationship? Like all this stuff. I just know that I would not be able to presently participate in that. I, I would just I, be like, absolutely not. Yeah, that I I would feel very nervous, like similar to how I'm waiting to see if my landlord's going to increase my rent. Yeah. Cause also I just think that like I don't know. I think there's a huge potential to weaponize that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me nervous as a concept. Yeah. 
but but I do I do like the idea of check ins. It would yeah, it feels less less extreme. Yeah. Um, we had a listener write in who does biweekly relationship check ins, um, oh, and she amazing. said that they keep little journal logs, like she does Wait, it in her can notes. I ask, app. Can I ask you a question first? Yeah. What do you think biweekly means? Every other week. I am with you. Did you know that it? Fully, like no one is wrong here. It fully it mean also both. means it. Twice fuck that. Fuck that. Anyway, sorry, sorry. That's a true tangent. Moving on. It's Let's no, read it, the it is. Question. It is both. It it fully means both. Yeah, um, I hate. But the better word for twice a week is semi weekly. Oh, very good. Yeah. Okay, let's read the read the listener question. Yeah. Sorry, and I am going <laughs> to assume that this listener means every other week because a twice a week relationship check in would be wild. I would that to me would feel emotionally exhausting. Yeah, agreed. So she said they have biweekly relationship check-ins. They can bring up anything that's concerning them lately, et cetera. And they keep little journal logs, like she has notes on her phone when things come up throughout the weeks about things I she said, things I love, what I would like more of if a love bucket is feeling a little empty, things that we can reflect on. Um, I think the things I love part is so important. I was going to say, if this becomes a list of grievances, you are fucked. But yeah. That's, I mean, it's you like – You need that positive piece. You need that positive piece of it. And it's like the oyster said of like when I brought up something that was bothering me and he asked if I wanted him to make a list of all the things that bothered him about me. It's like, nope, definitely don't want that. Yep. So yeah, I think it is so key to have those things you love. And sometimes I would hope – that every single time there are things that you love, sometimes there might not be any issues. Mm -hmm. And like, that's fine. Um, But so she said, this provides a time when both of us are mentally prepared to talk and work together as a team, provides a set time where we know we'll be intentionally working to maximize our relationship experience. That's lovely. Yeah. I think think that's great. And it's something that I wanted to do with ASV and he didn't Mm. want to. Oh, bummer. Yeah, because of the emotionally exhausting thing. Yeah, that you mentioned. Yeah, but but then and I so was so maybe like, then could could he handle it once a month? Could like by by weekly might be too much for some for some people, right? And so who knows? I don't even recall that I had a time frame in mind. I just brought it up as a oh, concept. This was like fully out. <laughs> yeah, he was fully out on the concept. Great, 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 great. Avoid detachment, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so a lot of a lot of conflict resolution obviously ends in a compromise of sorts. Mm-hmm. And when do you feel like something should not be compromised on? Like, what are there topics? Or I, I mean, I think it depends on the person. There are definitely topics that shouldn't be compromised on for you. Sure. Yes. Like something that is like so intrinsically important to who you are as a person, how you want to be treated. Yes. But I don't think that there are overarching things that shouldn't be compromised on for every single person. Agreed. Yes. So then so then is it sort of reflect on things that you feel are intrinsic to you? In that, like, because I it gets tr- it gets tricky to me over what might be malleable, right? I, I'm thinking yeah. kind of I'm imagining various scenarios here. One of which being, 
you're in a long distance relationship and you're having conflict over where you're going to end up. Let's say that's like a recurring thing in your relationship. If you want to be together, one side is going to have to compromise. Yeah. And not even compromise unless you're going to move somewhere else together, but like fully change their position. Correct. Yes. And so, you know, there's something like that. And then there's conflict over, you know, I, I, I'll use the example of the student, which is he really, he wanted me to have, like, be more family focused, like, if we were to get married and have kids, then be career focused. And I felt like that was, you know, things can change in life, but as it stands, that is not something I want to predict changing. Right. And therefore, I I can't promise you that. And so either you need to give up that dream or or like vision for your partner or we got to break up. And yeah. so yeah, a lot yeah, like obviously like look, and another one is like religion. Religion, maybe. Like, do you, do you convert? Like, I don't know. All the shits. Like, the, oh god, there are too many examples. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think the answer is like it's there isn't anything that that should be a deal breaker. Like, sure, we would say like that absolutely has to be a deal breaker for you. But I think if you are going to change your position or compromise on something like that, like let's say in the long distance example, let's say that you decide together that it makes more sense for you to move to your partner's city than mm-hmm. the other way around or than moving somewhere together. Mm-hmm. Once you make that decision, it is in the past. Yeah. And so I think that a way of thinking through is this something that I sh- can be malleable on is can I move forward from it? Like once you move to that person's city, it is not fair for you to say like, well, I moved here for you. Oh, and yeah, like, no. you know, hold that over the other person because you were the one to compromise. Correct. That's, so I think – were... No, go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like that – I think that's some, a way that I've thought through things that I am or am not willing to compromise on. It's like am I truly willing to accept fully this new normal or this new decision or this new thing that I'm doing and not hold it over the other person's head because I was the one to change my position? That's a really important, I think, piece of self-reflection. A friend of mine got back together with a guy that had cheated on her Mm. and she kept bringing up that he had cheated. And no, if you're going to be with this man again, you need to accept that you are – you need to own your own choice there. Yeah. And perhaps there are things that you need from him in order to be able to move forward, whether that's therapy, whether that – you know, like – if you can identify those things and work together on them so that you mm-hmm. can get to a place where you're not bringing it up all the time, do that. Yeah. But yeah, it's not sustainable to, you know, quote unquote, forgive someone, but continue to bring it up. Yeah. That actually brings us back to when you were saying, do you believe in forgive and forget? Mm. And I said like, I've, there's a very rare, it's very rare that I'm forgetting. Important caveat that it's not, oh, I'm going to think about this all the time and bring it up and hold it over you. It's For sure. more that like this is new information that I have now. Mm-hmm. Put that in the Rolodex. Yeah, exactly. I personally have a bit of like a formula for conflict resolution that I try to 
enact. Oh, yeah. Tell. So my view is, you know, both – obviously both people – like both sides can be wrong, but let's kind of assume that one person feels kind of more hurt than the other, whatever. I think it is the person who has been wronged responsibility to suggest how to rectify. And whether that's an apology, whether that's there to your point, all that stuff, like this is what it will take for me to feel safe and good again and, you know, fill in adjectives here. Yeah. And then if the other person wants to resolve it, they do the thing. And then the wronged person needs to be re- shut the fuck up. Yeah. Until potentially, obviously, who knows what happens next. But um, so, yeah. So it's like proactively know what will – like because there's nothing worse than somebody who's like, you've really hurt my feelings. Okay. Like what can I do? Well, I don't know. Uh, Okay. Like I- I'm actually here to very gladly resolve this with you. You got to give me something. And so I I do think you kind of need to know what's going to make you feel better, at least in some way, um, and give the person the chance to do that thing before you don't compromise, essentially, before you kind of write them off or walk away or whatever. Yeah. And there are times when – this has happened to me. There are times when I have thought that a certain thing was going to satisfy my need for closure in a conflict mm-hmm. and I was wrong. Oh, shit. And so – How many times do you go through the process? Because it's like – Because I, I know there's got to be a tipping point, right? Where it's like, yo. Definitely. We, we've done X, Y, Z to get over this. <laughs> Let's move on, lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, specifically, I'm thinking about my my relationship with the oyster where like uh-huh. a lot of those things turned out to be things that I just couldn't and didn't need to and shouldn't get over. Sure. Yeah. And I so I was like, okay, I think I can if this happens. And then I'm like, no, oh, wow, I'm still not over this. Okay. Uh, all right. I think I can if like this happens. Oh, no, wow, I'm still not over this. And then eventually I was like, well, actually, I, we could probably break up. <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say, at some point then it's a sign like, wait, I'm never getting over these wrongs. Like maybe I should leave right, <laughs> exactly where I'm being right. wronged. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I think – but once I, – I could see it happening once or so, mm-hmm. you know, where like, okay, I thought that you just saying you were sorry was going to be able to help me move forward, but it actually didn't. And what I actually want to – I want to talk about like the why behind it or I want to talk about something else different. Yeah. No, I think that makes total sense. And that's where I think going back to talking about the person's intent and the defensiveness thing, I do think that a conversation about that as like a second step can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Of like, okay, let me – let's acknowledge that you that you did hurt my feelings and you are sorry about that. Mm-hmm. And But now I think in order to avoid it happening again, I do think there are circumstances where it's helpful to understand why it happened, like the person's thought process that brought them to that point. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, I think that's really important. Yeah. So like honestly, also in that work example where like that person was explaining why they did that thing, Mm -hmm. probably would be helpful for the partner to be like, okay, 
yeah, that all right, I, I see how you would have thought it through that way. Here's why that isn't the way I wanted it to be thought through. Yes. Yeah. So that you stop thinking it through that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, totally understand why you heard the instructions that way. Can you now do it this way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, no like, need to be defensive in a reply all. Oof. Yeah, savage. Real bad. Uh, um. Well, I think that as with all of these things, like these are going to be ongoing questions and when next kind of like hot topics or something, maybe we'll have kind of like a longer form. Oh, yeah. Question. I love that. Yeah. Definitely. Well, great. All right. Good times Enjoy in the, the rest of your day. You as well. Um, have fun with your dates this week. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.